Welcome to today's podcast. I've got Matt Bevlacqua here, mate. How are you? Very well, thanks, Greg. For those of you who are not sure of what that name is, that is one of the best Ironmen Australia's ever produced. It's a very nice introduction, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear your story, mate. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by BCEAA Ultra, our new all-in-one BCAA and EAA elite amino formula. This cutting-edge formula provides you with the building blocks for lean muscle gain and helps you work through even the most brutal training session. Not just a BCAA supplement, BCEAA Ultra delivers a full spectrum of essential amino acids in effective doses and is 100% vegan friendly. With a massive 5 grams of BCAAs and 7 grams of EAAs plus added L-glutamine, BCEAA Ultra is your weapon for lean muscle repair and maintenance, helping you recover faster from those punishing workouts. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. I'm going to add on the end of this one, Iron Man. From what I hear, you are very popular in Lycra, and that's something that uh, being fit and healthy is all about. And young and mate, let's talk about you. You want to give us some background as to you won the Iron Man series last year, year before last? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, you and our favorite Brielle, one and one. Amazing like, day. Yeah, and mm. partners in life as well. So, mate, what made a Tasmanian-born athlete want to become an Iron Man? Yeah, it's a really unique story, you know, and I'm. I'm the only I'm the only Tasmanian to make the series, let alone win one. So it goes to show just how big the sport is down there and the kind of numbers that would go through nippers down there and, and in surf clubs. So I just had a love for the beach and I just enjoyed the sport more than anything in the world. And I wasn't I wasn't talented at it. Many of the many of the top Iron Men are kind of very talented through the junior years and win Australian titles in underage groups. And I never even made a final, you know, couldn't make it out of a heat. But I had a love for my sport and I think that's kind of defined my whole career is I've really loved what I've done no matter what age of my preparation or whatever's going on is I've always come back to that love of my sport and it's got me to where I am. And you had to leave the family to actually pursue the sport. Like it wasn't it wasn't a simple, like for a lot of us that live on the uh, East Coast of Australia and get the water every day, like being a Gold Coast boy now, you know what I'm talking about. But so it's a tough gig. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously speak, I speak to Brielle all the time because she's grown up on the Gold Coast. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At, at the beach. We're very, um, you know, contrasting like that because, you know, I grew up in the snow. I used to go up to the, go up to the snow, up, up, up the mountain above Hobart at lunchtime during the school break and come back with a trailload of snow in the back of the ute and, you know, we'd wait for a point swell, which is very, very rare in winter where we'd get a wave and, you know, so different to the Gold Coast where you could, you know, swim in an outdoor pool. I didn't know what an outdoor pool was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just a really different lifestyle. And when I turned 18, I, I had to move away and left all family and friends and being Tasmanian, we're very close, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's a really, really nice community down there. And I was thrown in the deep end, you know, moved in with Matt Poole and Josh Minogue. Matt had just been sponsored by Red Bull and was flying high, almost won a series that year and what so began and a roller, roller coaster journey, you know, and it's been been a wild ride. So Tasmania, whereabouts in Tasmania were you based? Uh, so Hobart, yeah, Clifton Beach Surf Club, which is kind of one of the southeast arms off the bottom of Tassie and uh, we get a nice southerly systems through there, roll off Antarctica and went to school in Hobart and yeah, that's where it all began and had to um, had to move up to sunny Queensland. And how many people are in the surf club at Clifton? Uh, the, you know, very traditional surf clubs, uh, I suppose the membership would be around 200. Okay. Um, including including everyone, yeah. So it's it still has like.
like good members and a really great culture and uh, I think that's you know why I love surf clubs was wasn't just racing wasn't just the sport it was the whole community-based aspect of it and I just felt right at home there and the surf clubs allow you to travel the world and made the move really easy and I love Clifton Beach and it's just you know it's just a shed down there it's yeah. um people go down they patrol the beaches at its core and they keep people safe and that's the fundamentals of what we do and beautiful part of our sport and I loved it for that nice so mate who was the driver to for you to actually leave home because you're a teacher you've you obviously you were going to go to uni and do all those things that you, you've done let's step aside from that who was a driver that said mate you need to get out of here and go chase your dream yeah so it's an interesting thing I, I i studied very hard in year 12 i was very very academic and um i almost scored in the top five percent i got I, well i was f- top five percent um i was almost in the top 100 scorers in tassie for my for my atar so okay. i got into um, medicine down home and with that score and all i needed to do was the medicines admissions test so i thought well i didn't my parents were really supportive of me going and doing a gap year and getting that med admissions test done in my gap year and enjoying something different in the meantime because six years of med was what was going to follow so yeah. you know i took advantage of that i wasn't complacent and i went for it you know i flew up to queensland and landed in sunny coast airport someone was picking me up from brisbane but that's another story entirely <laughs> sitting there in my clubby board at sunny coast airport for an extra two hours uh but yeah I, start, I did my medicines admissions test and uh smashed it so i qualified for med back home the next year uh wouldn't have got me in up here on the mainland but mm-hmm. yeah was going to be a doctor and fell in love with the sport fell in love with the boys fell in love with the lifestyle of training and being healthy and not so much the books so teaching was um something i'd always loved and that that became my profession you know side by side with sport but yeah so, so different how his stories can that's can, amazing yeah isn't it? there's can, not many people that say i gave up medicine to be an iron man <laughs> hey and you won too like like congratulations <laughs> to you you're the number one in the world there for when did that 2017 2018 it was yeah 2018. Yep. nice so man i first met you with brielle at supercars we asked brielle to come along to supercars and we had a really fun day together and what i've really enjoyed is watching you grow in the sport beyond just the competitor like you've done some really fucking crazy things on a clubby boards that most people would like when i talk to people about it they just go yeah he's a nut is that you're a nut yeah 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 no i <laughs> yeah like I we know that. you're smart but are you a nut <laughs> yeah he's definitely not smart as he looks is he but uh yeah i think that passion that i, I spoke about is is um you know really attractive to a lot of people and especially mm. nutrigrain as a brand or people that want and they've been great do you haven't they like they, they have yeah. yeah and yeah they've been bad as well you know yep. throwing me down waves at ship stands bluff in tassie and oh, i so, want to chat about that in a minute yeah actually. I, and i think yeah like i said that passion really um is attractive so they're like you know let's see what this kid can do and give him an opportunity and he'll make the most of it. and i like to like to think that if i do get an opportunity I'll, I'll take it the right way and i'll i'll finish it so i'm really appreciative of those opportunities and i think i'm lucky but then at the same time i think you know i just i've always loved this this thing that i'm doing and yeah those opportunities have come because of that so man, let's let, well, you've, you've brought up shippies i mean it's obviously not we'll do this out of order we'll just talk about the cool stuff first if that's cool with you mate what how did you convince firstly the guy the crew at shippies that you should be because it's a pretty local spot like mark mm. matthews tells me there's a lot of people down there and they love their spot and they're very true i mean you're a tassie boy so obviously you're a little bit different to what he would be but how did you convince firstly nutrigrain that you should do that and secondly that to yourself that and, and your parents that you were going to actually do that mm, yeah it's a great question uh, at the time i was i was about 21 when the idea first came to me and i just broke into the series and my first series was very tough massive swell and in the final round i got third on the podium to shannon and kai which which just blew me away you know i just opened my mind there. 
So yeah, yeah. It just it just opened my mind to what was possible in yeah. life, you know. And I'd already had a crazy, you know, belief and dreams and things like that. And this just blew the roof off. And I was like, you know, what can we do with this? You know, Nutrigrain seemed like an awesome brand. They want to do some cool stuff. Let's see. And so I came up with the idea, kind of with Nutrigrain together. And so I emailed Marty Paradisus, who grew up at Clifton Beach Surf Club, same as me. I oh, is that to, right? Yeah, I used to paddle one of his old boards. Actually, it's a you know small community down yeah. there, so not so coincidental. But I emailed him, and I still got the email, and I wish. I wish I could quickly bring it up, but basically said, Marty, what do you reckon? Do you reckon I could paddle a surf ski down chips? <laughs> that was a, that was the initial idea. Was a surf ski and oh, a surf clubby ski. board. Surf ski and a clubby board. That's even more. And stupid. his reply blew me out of the water. I was just like, and just you know, fueled that all, that yeah. that adrenaline that I already had. He said, Yeah, why not, mate? Let's give it a go. Wow. So um, yeah, that was the first email way back when. It was it was um another two years in the making before we actually got it done. But the first emails there and what sparked it and uh yeah nutrigrain ran with it and really backed me you know a brand getting behind such a risky stunt is um you know as you'd know really uh really tough well i could say that wouldn't end well but i saw the video it didn't end well no <laughs> no it didn't but we did the training for it you know and all the risk management was done and i went and trained with nam baldwin down here in the gold coast and so got ready for it for for what yeah just for the for the wipeout and yep. for the hold down and for the mate but it's mental strategies you mm-hmm. know there's nothing physical you can do when you get pumped by a 12 foot slab you know it's yeah. just yeah it's all in your head so it all stems from there all the breath holding techniques are all mental and i learned so much you know not just for that but for racing and uh yeah still use it to this day from that mental side like what type of things were they teaching you because i mean i've watched a thousand videos there and going yep i will never surf that spot (laughs) and i love to i'm I'm a massive surfing's my sport but there's a there's a point where i go no i don't need that like Mm. what 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 did you two do together in that two years leading up to it was it week after week after week of training or is it like he didn't tell you to start fishing count to 12 and feel like you're doing a disco dance or all the crap i've heard from my mates that go to Fiji. (laughs) just act like you're dancing underwater oh wow yeah Yeah, no i haven't heard that one but (laughs) yeah it was it wasn't two weeks of preparation you know it was two weeks of the idea building and then when nutrigrain said all right we're going it was you know months it was just getting it together three or four months of just you know quick do a few sessions in vietnam we've got winter we got this window, you know, to get the swell nice and clean down there is hard yeah. because you get a nice, nice southerly swell every day, but then you also have 40, 50 knot westerlies most yeah. days. So, can't have that, which is a cross shore wind over there. So, we needed to make for the perfect day and we needed to be ready to go. So, I only got probably three sessions with Nam and it's all about uh, based around a 15 minute breath hold warm up kind of thing. So, it's all about speed in breath to diaphragm breathing in through your mouth, uh, in through your nose yeah. and then purging really fast and in through your mouth and purging through, um, in through your nose, breath, purging through your mouth for about 15 minutes and that really oxygenates your blood. So, your lungs are just digesting pure oxygenated blood, getting rid of the CO2 and basically um, feels like you've had a coffee. When yep. you're doing it properly for 15 minutes, you feel amazing and wow. that's what a bit meditation's around. Yep. I think it's all, it's all related and and uh, yeah, so in the boat ride over, I was doing that and all the oxygen in your blood. And even if you hit uh, hit the flats and get compressed your lungs and lose all the oxygen in your body, so you're going down to the bottom without a breath, worst case scenario, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because it's um, pretty deep there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's reasonably deep, but in saying that, it's a slab. So it's, you know, kind of there's some rocks there. Yeah, so you, you have enough oxygen in your blood to last a fair while. Wow. And we did it in practice. It was amazing to do, you know, mm-hmm. just to listen to the science of it, see it, and um, host these training sessions for anyone. 
one if you wanted to go and do them. And uh, yeah, you can go to the bottom. You'll expel all your best. So you sink straight to the bottom of the diving pool, sit there, two minutes. Wow. Easy. Yeah. Obviously mental as well. You need to, yeah. while you're breathing, calm, confident, you know, think positive, yeah. think about dancing, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it works. And it did. Yeah. When you see the wipeout footage at Shippies, you see I'm pure limp going rolling cartwheeling down the face. Yeah. I'm not focused on what's happening externally. It's all internal and chill. So you were ready for it at that stage? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It was very violent was as I remember it, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't distressing at all. And I did cop another one since I got my head up before I could get picked up by the ski. And I remember not my heart rate rising at all, which is good. How long were you under for? Like how long were you? Oh, it was, it was very violent, but quick. So it was probably, you know, under eight seconds, I yeah. reckon the first hold down. And what then, it feel like minutes? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I hit the bottom, but I was oh, did in, you? yeah, five mil wetty booties, gloves, hood, you know, everything's so much rubber. And I, I'll never forget Marty saying in one of the trips, one of the reckies down there, just to see him and have a chat to him personally, he said, oh, you'll you get pinballed off the boulders. They're really nice boulders. You'll get pinballed. You'll be a big gumball getting pinballed. And I was like, okay, this sounds great. <laughs> so what happened when you hit? Any damage? No, nah, I hurt my thumb just uh, every time I went down the step. I really, I was really motivated to catch the wave. I really wanted to. I'm not a great surfer at Clubby Board. I never grew up in surf like the boys here on the Gold Coast. There's a lot of Ironman that could probably done it a lot better than I did. Yeah. So I was keen to prove them wrong, you know, and catch it properly and get a, get a nice barrel and get a good wave. So coming down the step, the, the board kept falling away from me because we're only on our knees. So you don't have that length of compression you do as a surfer. Yeah. On your feet, you can compress and absorb a lot of shock. On your knees, you can't. So the board kept falling away. I wasn't strapped in, could never be strapped in. So I kept holding the board with the handle to my, to my knees, you know, so my thumb popped out kind of thing. And it was very painful, but, you know, nothing bad. So yeah, that was all. How many waves you catch that day? Uh, I got one good one, made a good one, which was which is on the clip yeah. and two bad wipeouts and maybe three other just small ones we did in the warm-up, which were really fine. Yeah. But um, not the shot they were looking for and <laughs> got the wipe out and I'm pretty sure they were done. They were, oh, that's all they wanted. They wanted to see me wipe out. That's a hell of a If people want to catch that, where can they see it? So it's down past Port Arthur in Hobart. So mm-hmm. Clifton Beach, my surf club is kind of the first arm as you're heading east out of Hobart. Yep. And then the second arm is Shipstones Bluff, which is at the end of it. Um, You go past Eaglehawk Neck and a beautiful part of the world down there, past Port Arthur where the old convicts used to be. And yeah, and yeah that's Shipstones Bluff. A beautiful walk in there now. It's all kind of made up and you can walk in there easy to the lookout and then you can walk all the way down and check it out yeah nice and it's um yeah just a magical magical part of the world honestly it blows takes your breath away so mate as part of doing this what do you call it content piece event stunt (laughs) i'll come up with some stupid words to wrap around it as well you obviously couldn't just ring someone up and say hey i want to do this you had to put the plan together for the for the whole concept yeah i mean nitrogen were really good they backed me completely and came up with an idea and you know it's a credit to the brand you're very similar you know you you just want to do other things to grab people's attention and our sport you know i was dropped out of the limelight in the last you know 30 years or so and i love this sport you know i think it's one of the most entertaining products on the planet and i just wanted to showcase it and you know put, if it if it meant me you know catapulting down a wave put a few couple of other thousand people's faces on this sport to check it out so be it you know so they, they were very motivated to put together a good story and the story was there you know it wasn't just me going down and catching a wave it was going back home and you know proving to tazzy that i could do it and yeah. you know proved to myself more than anything it was yeah so they put it together and uh, I worked with them to obviously make it as good as I could and talking with my parents and things like that it was a very symbolic thing you know 
making mm-hmm. the series, conquering shippies kind of thing. It all worked together really well and I'm so stoked to have that support. Yeah, nice. Today's podcast is brought to you by Collagen Regenerate, Australia's first advanced collagen peptide for tendons and ligaments, supported by intensive clinical trials, research and a comprehensive AIS study. Collagen Regenerate sits proudly within the body science range as the most researched and most versatile collagen on the market. Whether you're a professional athlete, functional trainer, recovering from injury, an endurance sports athlete, runner, weekend warrior, aspiring young athlete or general elderly population, Collagen Regenerate has something to offer you. Exclusive to body science with 50 milligrams of vitamin C to assist in connective tissue synthesis, this product truly is in a league of its own. And you back that up with a another stunt. Is that the right <laughs> word to use? Yeah, why not? And we're going to talk big waves, helicopters, and pro surfers all together in one spot. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they were very obviously niche game was stoked with that product, and so yeah, we ran with it. We uh, yeah, we came up with an idea to get towed into a wave with a helicopter and have Taj Burrow show us how it's done, and just a, another beautiful location in South South Island of New Zealand, which is the west coast, and it's all fjordland, so it's an old glacier that's melted, and so it's basically. Basically, I don't know how tall the mountains are, but you can't see the tops from the bottom and it drops straight vertically into water and it's these big, they call them sounds, you know, like just beautiful waterways, like snow-covered mountains and up and over the helicopter, touch the top of the mountain and straight back down and you basically have beautiful west coast swells that smash the coast and the minute that wind drops off, you've just got amazing waves and Taj Burrow had, you know, a list of 100 people who wanted to talk to this guy who ran this camp because all his mates, all the pro surfers go to this spot. Okay. You know, they, they love it and it's so remote. They get the waves for themselves and obviously not the heckling. So, um, yeah, we uh, towed into a wave with the helicopter. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Crazy. Mate, let's talk about you. Let's get back to you as the uh, pure competitive athlete. Outside of Ironman, a lot of people probably don't know that you're quite the distance man when it comes to the board as well. You've won yourself a few monocots. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I think growing up in, in Tassie, it was so cold that we used to paddle downwind a lot and uh, I used to just enjoy it. It was a lot warmer. You know, paddling into the wind in down there, it's just icy cold. You just, the wind chills you to your core and coming back home, I used to enjoy it. You know, I used to love it. And uh, so that stuck with me throughout, you know, my beginning stages as an Ironman. And this uh, race in Hawaii is a beautiful race. It's, um, you basically fly out of Oahu to this island called Molokai, 52 k's away, and uh, you paddle back. So the trade winds prevailed during July, pushing you all the way to Oahu. And you can paddle an 18 foot board or something under 12. I paddled the 18 foot unlimited board. Mm-hmm. and they fly, you know, open ocean swells up to 10 feet. I've got some really cool photos on my Instagram. It's just, uh, uh, it's a it's a race of about five hours approximately, you know, world records are under that, but you get to race catching waves, you know, it's like surfing for five hours in a race. So there's, you know, hundreds of hundreds of competitors in the ocean in this channel called the Channel of Bones, you know, it's like two Ks deep or something, you know, Eddie Akaya died out there and just a beautiful part of the world again, you know, I've got to see some pretty <laughs> awesome amazing, locations around amazing. the world and yeah, I get to do this race and uh, I love it. You know, I'll be there next year and obviously we've had this year off, but yeah. Very, How many times very cool have you race. won that? I've won that one last, yeah, five from five. Five yeah. from five. So, very, I'm, you know, just it's a natural strength of mine is catching runs. You know, I use that in my Ironman racing as well. Yep. Yeah, why not make the most of it, you know? Mate, what's the mindset here with you that pulled you out of Tasmania to train? Obviously, you had to come to a place where you, could, you need to train with people of similar ability to, to grow. 
jump into ship sterns and take off on a way that no one even thought was a good idea and still don't think it's a good idea. And then head over to Hawaii and take on, what do you call it? The uh, Molokai to Oahu. Yeah, yeah the, the Channel, Channel Bones. Bones. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Like what made you as a as a young Tasmanian boy wanted to go, and obviously you're highly intelligent. We need to get step back here. You could have been a doctor and all these things you could have done. And a lot of people probably don't know you teach mathematics at school now. Like you've, you've grasped onto some, like I couldn't even contemplate doing mathematics in grade 12 or 11 with kids. It's way past my pay grade. But for you, you've just taken on all these challenges. What is it that drives a young human like you to be like this? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, when you all put it like this, it, it sounds crazy. You know, to me, it's kind of like just been, what's the next, What's the, what am I going to do the next few months? Like, what's the next step? You know, you always want to be doing something new. Yeah. You know, you probably know that more than anyone. It's just, how can I advance? How can I make this a bit better? You know, and it's, I suppose it comes from, you don't want to, you don't want to finish up and have regrets. You know, I don't want to be stagnant. You yeah. know, it's boring. You only get one shot. And, um, you know, I've just, I've got mates who excel in every part of life. I suppose you're naturally surrounded by them when you've got a mindset like this too. Yeah. But I, I just think, you know, you know, I always think, oh, why didn't I play AFL? You know, like why didn't I why didn't I try and I was not not bad at AFL? I just don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to say, oh, you know, why didn't I do that? That hurts. You know, hurts not not having a go with every fiber of your body at doing something. And I'm I'm lucky to, you know, be gifted pretty athletically. And I wasn't I wasn't a standout when I was a junior at all, but also I'm pretty like, you know, headstrong and love what I do. And so why not run with that? Make the most of it not everyone has a love like that not everyone you know gets to be a professional athlete and i'll never ever take that for granted and like you said going into school and seeing the teachers who are amazing people and i love teaching i love love every part of that but i'm also you know got this other thing going that i i will never take for granted and i will make the most every second out of yeah hopefully i've been doing that <laughs> awesome mate that's so awesome to hear like young australians talking like that how do you how do you go in a classroom environment where you've got what 20 odd kids in a class these days yeah yeah, yeah. i'm wondering if the kids will be Thinking, watching this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you'd be the best teacher at school. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the younger generations now, us as parents, like me as a parent, we have, I have treated my children very differently to the way my parents treated me. Like my dad was very much about make your own way, do your own thing. Whereas I'm more like, gee, I can buy that. Yes, we can do that. We can do, we can, we live near the beach. We can do all the, you know, mm. I used to have to ride 11 Ks to school and mm. no, I'm not going to tell the, on a horse or anything, the stories my dad tells her. He went to school. But how do you take you, who is willing to try obviously anything and and push yourself into a teaching environment where every kid is different. I'm not worried about that, but I'm more talking about the kid that just sits in the corner and you go, you got so much potential, young man mm. or young lady, but you, you teach in male school. You teach mm. at TSS, yeah, don't you? Yeah. yeah, so young man, and why aren't you Why aren't you chasing it? Or, yeah, great question. Uh, yeah, and I was just- Because um, it goes watching, against everything you do. Yeah, everything you want to yeah. do is about being the best and, and, mm. and then you go into this and you mm. some environment you can't- You've got to step back. And see yeah. it from see it from their eyes. And I, I was I was watching Billions on Stan. Have you seen that show before? Yeah, love it. Yeah, and you know the the rich stockbroker. I forget his name. And his wife have these kids that obviously have everything given to them. And his wife snapped one day. You know they were like you know clicking at the chef to get their eggs in front of him, whatever. And he, she was like, "We didn't have this. You know, we're in we're in this spot because we we were taught to work hard for what we do. You know, I, I was I was similar to you. Like that's what my parents were like. They were like, "You you earn. You know, you've got two hundred bucks in your bank account. What do you want to buy? Yeah. You know, like well, you you this." 
is all you have. There is no, there's no easy option here, yep. and nothing, nothing will come to this. So yeah, it's it, it is hard. So I I think um you've got to really paint the picture, and you know I try and teach from my experience, and that's from working hard to achieve something and it being worthy. You know from not from from having to work for it. It's not you get given something. It's not the same, yep. and you'll never feel anything like working hard for something and achieving it. And uh, so if I did come across a kid, you know, in the back corner of the classroom, not motivated, not feeling it, I'm just like, mate, you don't have a look at have a look at what this would look like for you. Imagine if you achieve this. What if you got an A on this assignment and you said to, you got to go up to your mum and say you got this? Do you reckon that'd feel good? You know, I'm glad I've got a story to tell and I'm glad I've got you know, a YouTube just to prove it. You know, yeah. they're sitting on the whole classroom watching them. So I bet they have. Yeah, it's, you they... know, it's kind of frustrating, but teaching from experience, I think, and that's the best. That's the best answer I got, I suppose. And and for the for the young people coming through that are trying to get corporate world going or whatever it is, how do you turn off the athlete to go to school? Because you've got to turn off some athlete attributes to hit school. Otherwise, teachers would hate working with you. Mm, yeah, true. I, th- I think it's all it all kind of relates on a certain level. But yeah, I definitely have to go in there and switch my mindset and, uh, you know, get back down to the kids and be on their level and, you know, stop thinking about what I've got to do for my sponsor, my training, my, you know, what what's period of my training I'm up to. You know, my mind's racing in that athlete capacity. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's too hard to slow down and just see it from their eyes and it's quite refreshing to be honest is yeah, to okay. put that hat on and step away from the sporting world and everything that comes with it and sit there and talk to a kid about his fractions and how to add them or multiply them you know <laughs> so <laughs> but, oh, it's it's actually really good and I think throughout my whole career is um ever since I turned away from medicine when I was 18 I've always studied you know education took me six years or yeah. whatever for four year degree six years so always had that even when I was studying to just pull away from it all and I think in this day and age as well sporting so dominating in everything you know scrolling through your Facebook there's you know stuff you know you've got to as an athlete you've got to kind of invest and make money in other ways as well as an Ironman you know we're not making half a mil a year yeah. uh, you know you've got to do things with your money very f- efficiently and effectively and so that comes with being an athlete you know it's an ever expanding world so I've, I've enjoyed having that escape yeah nice it still gives me a lump in my throat when we talk about the night before the the final day of the series you know we're both in the box seat and stuff that was just so nerve-wracking and then and then like waking up and then going back to bed that night being both the winners like yeah a big day just, mate and i suppose as my career makes me kind of emotional actually because yeah even when like i won i don't think it's sunk in over the last two three for the rest of my life it'll probably sink in that that happened you know brielle's probably there'll be no one younger than brielle to win that series i wouldn't think ever so that's a really amazing title that she deserves to be the youngest ever yep. person to win a series and yeah to do it on the same day was just cool you know we we're, were only a young couple then too yep. so who knows you know what's in the future but it's something that you have for the rest of your life very special yeah it was pretty amazing to watch so mate um let's chat about uh before we chat about what a normal day is for you what's race day look like for you ah uh, yeah race day is, is is pretty cool you know obviously me and Brielle travel around together so we um wake up together we go down for a swim have a look at the course float around have a chat you know just hang out you know you got to get, get to know the area get familiar a bit like a surfer really yeah just want to look at it mm, exactly <laughs> just, i get that just chill out have a coffee yeah. and just check it out yeah which is what we do in the morning and then we have brekkie uh the racing is normally about 11 and then uh brielle i have to sit in the room for a bit longer because brielle races before me so she needs to go down an hour before so she goes down and then i sit there and just wait for a bit which is a really weird period i like to just what type of things go through your head then yeah lots you know i'm just i'm very focused on my preparation i like to think about it a lot because i know i'm one of the best prepared so i like to have solace in that fact you know put some headphones in lie my back on the floor palms up you know check it out think about the think about the format think about what i've got to do think about no mistakes and, and um 
sometimes it doesn't work out, you know. I think yeah. think back on that preparation and you, you have a bad race, right? And you think back, what did I do wrong? I was sitting in that room and I was thinking about the wrong stuff, was I? But you have to have, you just have to have your processes and stick with them, you know, yeah. through thick and thin and they've normally worked. So And you visualize the win? Visualize a lot. Yeah, yeah I believe, believe a lot in visualization. And the more I hear about elite athletes and how much video they watch, how much replays, how much actual other games of other teams they watch would have a very distinct correlation with their uh, performance, I okay. reckon. So think about it a lot. Try and try and watch as many races as I can. I hate watching my bad races. I hate it, but I try and watch them all. You have to. Got to watch yep. them all. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, then I just pack my pack my um, drinks and whatever I need for the day and mosey on down, which is a really nervous thing, walking down to the beach. You know, lots of kids saying hello. And, and how, are you, how are you at that stage as a human? Are you like, yeah, I'm here for you, high-fiving, or you the focus is on? And I'm um, definitely high-fiving, but yeah. I just got the lump in the throat. I'm not overly engaging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just try and put on a brave face and go down and Brio's normally kind of getting ready to race by that point. So yeah. this is now before my race, which is the hour she races yep. in. Got to go over and see her and she's normally a nervous wreck as well that's putting <laughs> on a brave face. Give her a kiss and say good luck and off she goes. And so I have to go and do my warm up while she races, which is kind of weird. Yep. And I'm bloody trying to focus every <laughs> fiber of my being on getting my warm up done correctly and there's she getting smashed or leading or whatever. And yeah. I'm just like, nah, don't, don't watch too much of that. And yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a crazy day. Mm. It's a it's a full on day, and then I obviously put my foot on the line and have a go, and you know win, lose or draw. Kind of have to go back to Brielle, and if she's gone bad or I've gone good, normally we go well together, yeah. and we go bad to, bad together. So <laughs> it goes well like that. Lift your game up, Brielle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So um yeah, it's a it's a really awesome um it's it's an awesome sport. It, yeah. it honestly is amazing. You know, we get to do some crazy formats and this summer hopefully um will we'll be awesome. And do the athletes have a lot of say into where the event's going and, and what the structure of the, each event is like or is that just something delivered to you and you turn up and do your thing? Yeah, it's kind of delivered. You know, we've got very standard formats now over the years. We've kind of had to make some exciting formats and mm. we've kind of discovered that I think. I'm lucky enough to be on a bit of an advisory panel which we get to talk to SLSA and Nutrigrain and all the, you know, stakeholders about making the most exciting product and, you know, I don't really add much to be honest everyone knows what we have to do and it's just a matter of putting the years together and putting together on a good product and I think last year was really exciting you know we got some exciting new locations hopefully this year pending everything that's going on and I, I just think yeah the sport's in a good space to go forward with some cool stuff that that is there good to go. And mean how important I mean obviously when you think of clubbies you think of tradition you think of you go into any surf club in Australia and there's just the greatest bunch of people ever hmm. when you walk upstairs so you've just you've just moved to Northcliffe so how's the culture change there? Because, that, I mean, we we were with Northcliffe for years as a brand. We did a lot when they won world titles and things mm. like that. And we set up some pretty cool stuff with them as far as recovery goes and that. But just the history of that club and, and did, did, did they really immerse you in that when you turn up? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it's um I'm so excited to yeah. for the next few years just because of Northcliffe. And I think uh, looking from afar, coming from Clifton Beach, I always looked at Northcliffe as the benchmark. Yep. I always thought about going there, to be honest. But when I started coming good and making the series, I was like, I want to build a big surf club like that. You know, they're 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 the champs. You know, mm. Shannon's the champ. He's yeah. done so well. That that whole club had done so well. And I thought, I can build that. You know, I can, I can, I can do that and help the sport in that way. And uh, you know, it just didn't work out.
out at Karawa. You know, I spent five years there and I felt, you know, I, I, you know, I was treasurer there in the final year. <laughs> got to that <laughs> really? point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to help. You know, I just wanted to make the sport bigger by creating a nice surf club and a great atmosphere. And it wasn't to be, you know, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just something that fizzled. And yeah, I just got to step into, step into Northcliffe and just be welcomed with open arms by, you know, Shore and Partners who helped me get there and just walked into this huge media conference. And, you know, just awesome. That's where the, that's how the sport should be done. That's how surf clubs who want to do that kind of thing should should run them run them and uh yeah so exciting it's so comforting to be there the culture is awesome you know you walk in there there's three whiteboards every afternoon of all the three different squads the sessions they're doing analyze that you know watch them all peel off you know onto the beach to do their respective things and the junior movement coming through is massive and um some awesome sponsors there as always you know like you said and um yeah very exciting times and you've got some big shoes to fill there there's been some big names go through that club in the last uh eight to ten years mm, yeah yeah there's uh just all up in the surf club it's just mm. massive photos of you know not just shannon but his brother and yeah all the taplin teams have won and it's big shoes to fill and mm. i'm quite nervous to be honest you know a lot like you, you speak about all these results here and i don't really look at it like that yeah. i'm like yeah i got, got a bit lucky that day and that really helped me <laughs> so yeah i'm no shannon Eckstein, and um i don't think anyone ever probably ever will be so you know i'm just me and paulie will do our thing and hope drag the club and well you know just join the club i suppose and keep keep those results coming yeah mate for a surf club to to get you and Pooley in the um, same year. What, what's going on there? Are you two talking <laughs> to each other or? Yeah, it was a really weird off season, you know, obviously for the whole world. But um, yeah, we uh, we ended up in the same spot. And I, I called up Pooley because we keep business to the side. We always have yeah. great mates and we you know, there's no need to talk about it. You know, it's um, easier easier that way and you do your own thing. And, uh, you know, I finally came to the conclusion. I was like, right, let's, let's pull the green light. I'm coming. Then I said, right, what's Pooley doing? You know, <laughs> as soon as I said that and he said, hang on a minute. And he called me back. He goes, Pooley's coming too. So I called Pooley and I said, hey, mate, I, I heard you wearing maroon and wearing white this summer. He goes, yep, heard you are too. So, yeah, we keep that aside and, you know, it's good to still be with him. Because you two have trained for a long time, yeah, together, haven't you? Yeah, ever since I left, 18 years old, moved in with him at Mooloolabar and, yep, 10 years on, we're still um, not living together anymore. We moved out after yep. the last year and grinding away together. Nice. Mate, he's one of my favourite athletes too. I just love the bloke. Mm. I mean, the day he wore pink hair to a competitive event, he, he had me forever. Like, <laughs> I love it. He knows how it's done. And honestly, a, a credit to that relationship is I've, I've learned how to promote myself through him. You know, yeah. he's probably the best. Oh, he's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the best Iron Man to do that. You know, you put him and Shannon together like that, who knows what would, what could happen, you know, both both strengths in different areas. Yeah. So I've learned, I've learned a lot from both of them and one's PR, one's, you know, performance. Yeah. You know, they've both got they've both got it all. Oh, mate, but, what Pooley's yeah. done with Red Bull for the sport Huge. is awesome, if you yeah. ask me. Like, a, you know, he needs a big tick forever on that one. That's mm. worldwide athlete, Iron Man. You know, really good. Got to commend him on. Because that's a tough gig, as you said. Like, you, you get approached by a lot of people to do a lot of things you were telling me now, so it's really hard to run a social media account and be diligent to sponsors in that area because they all want a piece of you, don't they? And mm. Yeah, well, that's that's the current athlete. you you got a lot of things you need to do. And it's not just training and racing anymore. You can't just, well, for our sport anyway, you need to be doing a lot of other things. Sometimes you can get distracted. You know, it's it's not money you want. You yeah. don't do this sport because of money. You yeah. don't do it for sponsors. Like, don't do it to get the sponsors. You do it because you love it and for yeah. the results and for the training and getting the most out of yourself. So sometimes you lose sight of that and it's really hard. It's a, it's a really crucial balance that you need to do and yeah. 
hopefully keeping keeping that balance in order. Nice. So, mate, who is um who support apart from you stealing our supplements off Brielle? <laughs> I'm going to drop that for everyone to hear. <laughs> Who's looking after you on the sport? You know, I'm very obviously proud to be representing Northcliffe and Shore and Partners this summer. And he's doing a lot with. Or I shouldn't say he. There's one partner in Shore and Partners yep. who is just an absolute loves athlete. Just yeah. loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Loves ocean ski paddling probably and, himself, but yep. yeah, has generated a love for Ironman racing as well. And we've got a really cool race week coming up in November. Full just surf surf sports racing. Yep. It's just gonna be unreal. So he's he's a massive. So putting a lot sport, of money and massive. and moving you guys all around the world to do yeah. competitive type activities yeah. too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Flying us around, you know, to Hawaii to do Molokai, not just sport, not just the ski, but also board paddling things yeah. like that. Awesome. Making that uh, making that available for us is you know yeah that's life life, life changing life kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so changing. Uh, massive for the sport, massive for the athletes, sure and partners, and uh, you know, obviously not Nutrigrain have given me these massive opportunities as well, which is you now know, that you're events up. coordinator yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah engine swim as well so yeah i'm i'm just been blessed with the best sponsors and i've i've had them for a long time and yeah. you know like i said that balance of sponsors to training is really hard you know mm. you need to need to make sure you're doing it all and very lucky to have them on board oh mate because i'm sure neutral because we run ambassadors too they call you up and go mate we need a picture of you holding a bowl of cereal can you hurry up and do it I yeah. like it and that's, that's a tough gig because you need to be real in your instagram speaking of insta mate what is your instagram uh matt.bevelacqua you can spell it you ready maybe you'll come I'm up, B-E-V-Y. Give it a go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jump on that one. Mate, let's talk about your fitness. What What's a training day look like? Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do a cool and go to gold one, I suppose, mm-hmm. which is the prep we're up to now. We've got 15 weeks until the cool and go to gold, which is a four-hour endurance Ironman race. So, basically, I'll be up in the up in the morning for swimming most mornings, 5 a.m., 5.30 to 7.30 swimming, so two hours in the pool and normally run through the day, do a run and gym set through the day, which is running can be anything from, you know, like a track session from 25 minutes or a long-distance run up to... 50 minutes uh and then in the afternoons we're into the into the north cliff surf club and we're training off the beach there doing ski and board paddling so many hours a day is that oh you'd say it was you know average of three hours a day for six days a week yeah maybe more um wednesday and saturday mornings are two hours plus saturday mornings you know you get up to the call and get a gold distance which is four hours coming up to full volume you're you're pushing 25 plus hours a week at least really tough sport you know four different disciplines you know we're racing four hours but then australian titles is 10 minutes the niche going ironman series races are 45 minutes so we, we're every single different you're not even system. training for one sport with one discipline you're training for multiple yeah yeah wow. all different energy systems four different disciplines in in flat water surf in 10 foot surf in cross chop you know anything it's um so variable and you know i think some of the some of these guys are the best in the world and yeah it's really hard so how, do you track how many calories a day you burn <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't i just eat as much as i can to be honest so you and can eat any Anything you want. <laughs> I, I hate people like you. <laughs> You're welcome to come and jump in the pool, though, Greg. Oh, no, mate, like... I don't think I'd be running the same physique if I was doing your training. So, mate, what's next? Yeah, like I said, so the Cool and Go to Gold in October. Really looking forward to the new Chikaran Ironman series starting off in um, December. It's definitely starting? Yeah, at this stage, yeah. We've got a new location, too, down south. So, big, big wave spot, fingers crossed, you know. Yeah. It's just um funny old world out there at the moment and really hope, mm. you know, things will come good reasonably quickly. You know, it's only July, but, uh, you know, if we, if if we can hold it together and have a good summer 
we might be, you know, have a few eyes on the sport due to, you know, a few things impacting international yeah. sport. Yeah, so really looking forward to that. We had a great summer last year with SLSA joining up with Nutri Grain to run the series and I think that relationship with SLSA running the sport is a good one. It makes sense. And um, yeah, you know, a sponsor running the sport isn't quite quite kosher. So yeah, yeah I think we're in a really good, good, good space to move forward and we've got such young talent coming through and yeah, really looking forward to it. And so, when's Molokai training start? Yeah, obviously, uh, Molokai is in their summer, which is now over in Hawaii, and I would have been racing my sixth Molokai in two weeks' time. So, normally, mm. I'm at full volume for Molokai, covering about, you know, four hours on a Saturday morning on the board, going down to Byron and paddling back, you know. and Going uh, down to Byron and paddling yeah, back? Nah, Brunswick. Brunswick <laughs> back to Brunswick back to Coolangatta is about, yeah, 40K. So, yeah, Is that part of your year. shark training for the Molokai? <laughs> oh, Seriously. It's absolutely terrifying, Dan. That stretch, mm. I'm paddling fast, yeah, you and I'll be. make sure the wind's hooking, so I'm I'm moving pretty quick, yep. and I don't have to put my hands in too much. Yep. Just surfing, yeah, uh, yeah. So miss out on that this year, but that'll that'll be on this time next year. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, Brielle will go again as well. She got third last year and had a great race. So yeah, I'm gonna miss my Hawaii trip this year. Five five years, <laughs> six six years basically of preparation for that race. So it's been a different winter. It feels different, yeah. Yeah, it would. Mm. So what exciting things you do in your life? Then if you're not going to tell us too much about what's next, <laughs> so mate, we're not paddling uh, Molokai this year so what else are we doing that's exciting well actually um earlier in the year i was lucky enough to uh go on ninja warrior yeah it was it was a good fun time it was rather nerve-wracking you know it's, i've always wanted to picture uh to portray the sport in a in a good light and i thought ninja warrior definitely wasn't that space <laughs> so uh yeah you know you got to put yourself out there and a lot of a lot of cool vision that i can use for my introduction and things like that i can yeah. show the world oh, the sport and yeah. get some eyes on it which is you know like i've no, said that's all i want to do and that's the platform to do it so off i went and uh, had a go and like I said very nervous only had a couple of days notice not sure which side my episode which date my episode will be on but I'll put it on my socials yeah. yep. which is matt.babalacqua.com B-E-V-Y <laughs> we'll bring it up <laughs> that's cool that's cool so mate what made you want to do Ninja Warrior I mean uh, obviously you, you just gave us the promoting the sport to a bigger audience and that which yeah. is you know commend you on that but mm. you can also look like a real fuckwit on that too you know like yeah. that first grip doesn't go well or that first run doesn't Mm. go to plan yeah look to be honest I, I i didn't really want to go on it okay it was it was nutrigrain pushed me to do it yep and credit to them is is they know mm. what's good for the sport and mm. they always have and look what they've done with me you know they're, yep. they're they know what they're doing and uh yeah like us yeah like you said it's it wasn't going to portray me very well because I, i'm not overly coordinated i've got nice power to weight ratio you know chin-ups things like that but it's just not that it's it's really coordination and doing doing weird stuff and i thought this is, i can't see this looking good for me and then and respectively the sport you know yeah. right man be laughed at a little bit but uh you know that's that's the day and age and that, that's what nutrient said to me it's like this is how this is how promotion works yeah and uh you got to step outside your comfort zone you got to show people a raw emotion and something yeah something you don't do every day because you know you, you train 25 hours a week for this sport of course you should be bloody going well you know so uh yeah when those flames went off and i was just sitting at looking at the quintuple steps or whatever they're called i was utterly terrified and there's <laughs> like getting told to scream at me and cheer me on so uh, yeah, I, was, God, I don't think I've ever been more nervous for anything in my life than yeah. I was at that moment honest to God that shippies give me give me that every day of the week yeah. that was I thought I was going to fall on that first step straight in the drink which just would have been terrible <laughs> but yeah make sure you tune on check it out it's not as bad as I made it sound to be and uh, it was 
great time. You got the biggest smile on your face right now. <laughs> I just can't wait till you see my face. Terrible. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> How was it for you competing that close to crowds and and fire and obviously a lot of cameras too? Like you normally your sports when you're out in the ocean, there's a lot of cameras around you, but they're not in your face. Mm. How was that? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't notice it. So they they mm-hmm. do it really well. Mm-hmm. I um yeah didn't really notice the cameras too much. I think they must have just you know really awesome big cameras just sitting on the stands and swiveling on all the you know um you know infrastructure there it's a massive yeah. thing and uh yeah the crowds are crazy they make sure they're cheering and cheer for hours it was a long long night it's a big process but a lot of fun and uh yeah it was good did you get trial run or straight in straight in oh no no trials no idea. yeah no okay. no no yeah it's that that's a scary you know that's what i'm saying like the the quantuple steps look easy and it's it's not until you actually have to go and do them that you can actually figure them out and see what angle they are and how far are they they're apart and you, you kept in a room everyone goes and does their run yeah so you're kept in a room you can't you know look at it or see how everyone else goes or what they do and uh you know this is season four this year so there's a lot of professionals that are doing it and they're getting really really good <laughs> and so you know they're talking about oh what's the grip we do for this what, what you know what training have you been doing yeah yeah i've made my own thing at the gym and i'm just there going i've got swimming in the morning and I, all i did last day was ski paddles so hopefully hopefully my grip strength's on or something you know so um so you didn't do any ninja training at all no nah, no nah, i honestly got told two or three days out uh it was corona hit it was during march the yeah. filming was so uh even then i wasn't sure i'd even be able to get down there and me and brielle were kind of in melbourne stressing a bit you know because mm-hmm. um yeah, it was all happening and I didn't think they'd finish filming but they followed all the state and federal guidelines and got it done and did it really well and uh, they've got a good product. Mate, as, as an athlete, what's COVID done to you? Is it apart from that probably some little niggles heal? Yeah, yeah, no, it has. It's really refreshed me and uh, had a break, which like I was saying for Molokai, it's uh, every winter in our off season. So I haven't had an off season in six years. Wow. And, um, you know, like I said, I love what I'm doing so it hasn't been too much of a problem but it's, I think it's a good thing that I've had a break. One of those things that was meant to be, unfortunately. You know, it's a bad thing that happened, but got to sit back, just get refreshed, just surf at home, get a puppy, you know, come back down to earth a bit. And and yeah, it was a hard time for the sport, hard time for surf clubs. I had to do a few massive changes, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think a lot of people, you know, who've been affected by it have found that positive viewpoint from it, I yeah. think, which is which is good. So I'm sticking to that and I think it's been a good thing. Yeah, nice. Well, mate, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You've you've been one since that day I met you at Supercars and I think it was in the moment. First date, that one was Craig. You yeah. kicked off the uh, kicked off the relationship. I know. I remember Brielle's brought you along, and we we're going, "Oh, who's this dude?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. She was uh, born the same week as my daughter in the same hospital, so we had met many, many years earlier, but not for a long mm. time. But mate, I'm just really glad you come. I've always looked up to you. You've just been. Uh, I watch you in your space. You are a true role model. You're a great human. You're great for the sport. I think Nutrigrain has done an amazing job in letting you chase those dreams that you have because there's a lot of kids out there who. Nutrigrain is their first mm. introduction to you know, sport, and our house went through it. Taj as a kid, it was Nutrigrain. Like, how many bowls can I eat? And you know, whose pictures on the box? And speaking of that, what's it like walking down a supermarket aisle and seeing your picture on the box? <laughs> yeah, I'm turning all the boxes around. It, I see, you, I see you turning poolies <laughs> ones around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If someone's turned poolies around, I would turn it back around. <laughs> He's in there first, turning yours around. <laughs> but mate, it's great having you on board. Yeah, I'll just let's catch up for a beer one day soon. You're a good man. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Greg. And uh, right back at you. Cheers. Cheers. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.